was on January the 6th. I know there are idiots on other cable news channels that will, will say, well, you know, this mom and pop store was vandalized during the summer riots, and that's just as bad as the United States Capitol being vandalized. No, no, actually, no, no jackass, it's not. <laughs> The capital of the United States of America is the center of American democracy. This is America. And while I this used to be America. It ain't no more. Okay. Right I don't need. That's a part point of the picture. The U.S. I'm fascism. Hopefully, I don't. I don't know if I went live. If he had to live, but yeah, it looks like it. I'm looking at something. Okay, great. It looks like we are. Finally, thank you very live. much. We can go with jazz and at any point. If you want. Yeah, but hold on. I can't share it. It doesn't look like so it. I don't, there's something somewhere. Something's been blocked somehow. Some people did some things. Some people did something. No question about that. Okay, I'm sharing. We're live. We're, um, and we're being shared? Yep. Everybody, uh, welcome so, to our show tonight. We're talking about the cancel culture and the Democrats' war on the First Amendment. One of the subjects we're going to touch on with Jazz Shaw, who's going to join us soon from Hot Air Blog, is the Democratic Party's push to uh, stop Newsmax and take Newsmax off the air and take Fox, Fox News off the air as well. How are they going to do that by pressuring Cox Cable and Comcast? to take away their platform. In other words, if you air anything from Newsmax or Fox News on any of your cable outlets, we're going to cancel you out. Cancel culture has even gone as far as going after the Muppets, for crying out loud. This has really gotten out of hand at this point. All right, play your music. Okay, I did play the music. I didn't hear it. Jazz Shaw, the weekend editor from modair.com, is going to be joining us shortly as soon as my producer takes over. I'm not a producer. I am nobody. Let me just do this quick. And um, I'm sharing with you. Sorry. That was by mistake. Um, All right. Here we go. Is that the right number? The one I the one I just put in there, yeah. Okay. Do we have to do anything yeah. here? Yes. No we don't. No, we don't have to do yes, anything. Yes, we do. Here. Announcement for welcome to Verizon Wireless. Your call cannot be completed. There we go. Once again. <laughs> There's the number. You're famous for doing that. You're doing that. it to me on purpose. Interesting. Yellow. 
Jazz, it's Jim Weiswich and Jane Weiswich. How are you doing, Jazz? I'm doing okay. How are you guys doing? Good, thanks. Joining us on the hotline right now, live hot, from hotair.com, Jazz Shaw, the weekend editor of the Hot Air blog. Jazz, we're talking about the cancel culture and the Democrats were on the First Amendment today. Even It's even reaching as far as the Muppets. This is getting out of hand, Rush. Uh, jazz, I'm sorry, slip of the tongue there. That's how I, <laughs> I regard I hold you in. Jazz, let me get can you explain to my audience what the Democrat Party is trying to do with um Trump supporters? Well, basically try to shut them down through extra legal means. You know, that's uh that's the entire cancel culture theory is to go around the government and just try to use public pressure. Uh, this was happening long before we knew about the term cancel culture. Uh, while Donald Trump was in the first period of his time in office, there were gangs of people showing up for any Republican, basically, who went out to a restaurant, who did anything in public and trying to be shamed and not showing their face in public uh, complaints to employers, get them to lose their jobs, uh, things like that. It, it's now really expanding exponentially. And there are a couple of bills coming up in Congress, which I'll be writing about tomorrow and trying to put the brakes on this, but I really don't see how you do it. You are not talking about Maxine Waters, were you? No, he's talking about there's I know, a bill coming I, up. That, I know, that, I know what he's talking about. Just I'm being facetious. Sorry. <laughs> but there's actually a bill that would um, outlaw Newsmax and Fox News, correct, or take them off the air. I, I don't think that's legally possible, but they can put enough pressure on privately owned corporations to say, "Oh, well, if you're not going to do this." You know, then maybe you shouldn't have any support or things like that. Um, I I can't imagine it can get to the point where the Congress can sit down and with a slim majority vote say, oh, well, you're going to lose, you're going to be penalized in some fashion in the private sector. I, I don't see how that's constitutionally possible. But they can feel the public pressure. And that's how these things get done. Um, I mean, what is what is it with the Democrats and the First Amendment? Do they just hate it? Oh, no, I think the Democrats love the First Amendment, so long as you're saying things they agree with. You know, if okay. you're not, then you need to be silenced. So, I mean, this, this applies in colleges, in high schools, and even grade schools these days. It, it's a whole culture of indoctrination. So... You know, it's, if you don't agree with the group think, then you need to be ostracized. And it's, we're in really uncharted territory here, guys, because th this is not something that was ever done at this level ever before. And I don't even think the legal system is set up to understand how to deal with that. I mean, what do you say to the private sector, particularly if you're a small government conservative, if there's some guy working, let's say, at a bank, you know, and he makes some social media posts saying, oh, I, I disapprove of these liberal agenda items and I would like our, 
our senator or our representative to vote for this measure that's supported by Republicans. And suddenly there's a swarm that comes in and starts saying, oh, this person belongs to hate groups or engages in hate speech or, or you know, she, she's a racist or whatever. And that starts making headlines because the media backs that up. And then the employer turns around and says, I'm sorry, we can't keep you here because you're damaging our business. And they get fired. What, what do we do in that situation? As, as I already said once, I'll, I'll repeat myself. You know, I apologize. What's the legal response? Because, you know, generally conservatives believe in right to work and right to run your own business. And if somebody's perceived as costing you business and damaging your reputation, even if it's just because they're speaking their mind, they generally have the right to discontinue your employment. Uh, People like myself, libertarians like myself would say that. But on the other hand, we hold fast to the First Amendment, too. So um, it sort of leaves us in a no man's land or no person's land. Sorry. You know what? You're lucky if you just lose your job. You're lucky if you just lose that because they're headed the way where I came from. You would end up falling off of a building by accident if you said the wrong thing. Well, hopefully it won't get to that point, but we have economic equivalents to that because, yeah, you could lose your job, but also if the mob comes after you, you could be applying for a new job. You could be looking to move to a new place and trying to get an apartment. And if they do a thorough enough job and somebody says, oh, you don't want to rent to that person, you don't want to hire that person, you know, uh, it's a laundry list of things that you could be shut out from without ever having been broken a law, uh, without ever having been found guilty of anything in a court. And then the free market system sort of turns on us. And I do see this as a moment where liberals have, you know, who traditionally hate the free market, who hate capitalism, have suddenly realized, oh, this can be used to our advantage because we can use the power of social media to block you off from services, to block you off from opportunities in life just based on the opinions that you hold. And if either of you are planning to come here today and ask me, well, what do we do about that? I'm going to tell you right up front. I don't have a clue. We're talking with Jazz Shaw, weekend editor of Hot Air, hotair.com. Jazz, before I let you go, and we're coming right up on the very end where I have to let you go. Uh, Jazz is a big devotee, follows it very closely. UFOs, unidentified flying objects. Anything new in that field that we can talk about? I know it's off topic, but I also know you keep up on it. <laughs> is there anything new? I'll uh, leave it to you, my friend. <laughs> uh, there, there was one interesting one that popped up. Uh, just this week. Yeah. There was an airliner that was out West. I don't have it right in front of me because, uh, I didn't know we were going to be discussing this, Sorry, but it, it, it happened not very, I'm sorry, uh, not very long ago. And there's a, there's a guy who runs a blog where he just monitors air traffic, monitors the radio air traffic with planes and control towers. And a couple of pilots reported seeing something that flew over their planes and they were very high up and they, and the one guy that the pilot that reported it said, 
I don't know what this is. And he said, was there anything over us? And the radio control said, no, there's nothing on radar. And he goes, it looked like a cruise missile. It was sort of oblong shaped and they were near white sands. Whoa. So we're left with a question. Either white sands launched a missile of some sort that was up in commercial air traffic space with no notification to the commercial sector, which means somebody's going to be in a lot of trouble. Or this guy saw something because he didn't mention anything about an exhaust plume or wings or anything like that. He just said it was oblong in shape and it was hovering over their plane or tracking over their plane and then passed them. And two pilots reported that. And that's now been sent to the FAA. uh, And they came back with an answer that said, we can confirm this happened. That was the radio traffic, but you should ask the FBI. So keep an eye out for that story because that's going to be interesting. Either something went really amiss at White Sands or we had pilots reporting something really unusual. Well, one thing we know, if the answer is out there, the Chinese will find it first. (laughs) That's my joke of the day. (laughs) Sorry. But yeah, you're probably right. They may have already found it. I don't know. I have two things to say. Sure. Um, We had two planes that um, sort of um, over this this past weekend uh, had accidents. And some people people did something. Um, Do you think they're trying to take us down? Do you think Chinese are taking us down, uh, sabotaging our airlines? That's just an idea. I I don't subscribe to that idea, although I've heard other people say it. I I still firmly believe we're at a stage where the Chinese don't want a direct military or physical engagement. Um, Because if they did anything that could be uncovered, then they would be exposed. And they're not as strong militarily, unless you're talking about a land war inside their country, uh, as the United States as many of our allies combined, um, the Chinese Communist Party has been far more effective working under the covers. They steal our technology. They insert spies into the government, into the technology sector in the United States. Um, They uh, reproduce the technology after they steal it. And that's how they make advances. I'm immediately suspicious of any idea that the Chinese would launch an unprovoked, uh, at least directly unprovoked physical attack on anybody, because that would be fairly easy to track. They're much better at, at stealing our technology, at, at stealing our people, at spending a ton of money in our colleges to export information and technology that they're stockpiling and using to their advantage. We do know that this week, uh, just now, after we landed a probe on Mars, China put a probe into orbit around Mars that's about to try to land a lander on the planet. They have leapfrogged so far past their previous uh, space exploration technology in such a short period of time. Do you Probably think they figured all that all out Yeah, that, that's my point. Do, do you think they figured that all out on their own? No, or absolutely think, not. Or do you think they just took everything from NASA because they got people on the inside? Absolutely, they took everything from us. I'm convinced of that. They have spies right yeah. here in Connecticut, right, Jane? <laughs> 
They have it at Pratt and Whitney for crying out loud. They they were Pratt and Whitney and they're sending documents after documents. I mean, they were um, train. What do you call it? Train. Um, uh, containers that were shipped over oh, the, the containers that you find on uh, and, and you docks. have you have um, you have people that are um, in education that have been found that they have been spying and doing bad stuff. So um, and I'm yeah. sorry for going off topic on our cancel culture show, Jazz. But I apologize. No, but I, I enjoy all this stuff. That that's fine. I have no problem with that. But I agree with both of you. Um, yeah, I again at the risk of repeating myself. I find them less likely to try to launch a physical attack because that's not their strong suit. And it's the colleges, it's the universities, even they are in the tech companies. There's no question, but the Chinese communist party is so heavily infiltrated Massachusetts Institute of technology, Caltech, um, a bunch of colleges in California, really. And they have implanted people in there who looked like they were just, you know, great researchers and things. And they've been shipping back information to the Chinese Communist Party at a huge rate. And now, the only reason I tie these two stories together, I think this massive advance they've had in getting to Mars is a direct result of things they've stolen from us. Mm -hmm. I have an idea before we let you go. This is not something that you need to talk about, but you can do a research do you think that Ocasio-Cortez is uh, going after uh, Cuomo to take over his place? Just an idea. In other words, run for governor of your state, Jazz. Run for New York state governor. Is that um, why she's going have, after Cuomo? I have some inside sources that tell me that's certainly something that's been under discussion. Really? She has been considering it. <laughs> um, I, I think until two months ago, she never would have gone through with it. But right now, Andrew Cuomo is wounded. He is even being attacked by Democrats. He's being called out on liberal news outlets on NBC and CNN uh, because of the nursing home cover-up. There was a recent poll that just came out on our site. Ed Morrissey wrote about it. 63% of New Yorkers believe that Andrew Cuomo did something either completely illegal or at a minimum completely unethical in hiding those numbers from the federal government about the nursing home death and withheld data that he was required to uh, turn over when it was requested, which would be a crime. And I think maybe the damage is stacking up too much for Cuomo at this point. Uh, we already have one Republican, Tom Reed, who has stepped up and said, yes, I'm going to run against him because he sees Cuomo as being wounded right now. But the bigger danger to Cuomo in a state with a three to two uh, Democrat favored registration advantage is that he gets another primary challenge. That lady from sex in the city, I forget her name right now, um, ran against him in the primary and didn't do well in the end, but she drew a lot of media attention, but that's when Cuomo was seen as a golden boy. So I think with the war chest she's accumulated in the national uh, profile amongst uh, liberals and progressives that she's gathered, AOC actually could, you know, mount a primary campaign. And if she managed to beat him in the primary, uh, as much as I dread saying these words as a resident of the state, she'd probably win the general. Wow. Are you kidding? Ocasio-Cortez? It's not inconceivable. It's, I'm not saying it's probable. <laughs> I'm just saying that under this weird set of circumstances, 
we find ourselves in, it's not inconceivable. Can you imagine a socialist running the state, you know, make a state in the country? Jazz, we just wa- watched the inconceivable, you know, which movie it is in Inconceivable, The Princess Bride. Have you ever seen Oh, it? I love that. It's one of my favorite just, movies. My watched, wife and I have watched that so many times. We just watched it last night with the inconceivable. kids. It's inconceivable. And mad. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Yes. <laughs> All right, Shaw. I mean, Mr. Shaw, Jazz, thank you so very much for joining us today. That was very Anytime. Um, Thank you so much. And hopefully we'll talk to you soon. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to it. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye. Okay, got one. Oh, applause. Applause. Damn it, he hung up. Did you get it? Thank you. Okay, now we have to line up Ray. Do you need his phone number or is he in there? Um, you will have to find out. But you have a bunch of people in a chat room that wanted to say some things. Um, sure. I have to get Ray down a waste number. Okay. You know, we're going to get silly, right? Well, there's his number if you need it. <laughs> If you want to type it in. So, Mr. Dunaway. Ray Dunaway is the star morning talk show host for News Talk 1080, my old employer. The funniest man I've ever He is funny. And we, we were great together. You got to admit, Ray were, and I were great you were together. were great. And you, you used to get so annoyed because we were interrupting you when you were getting ready, which took you a long Ray time. is coming out to talk about Rush Limbaugh. Ray worked with Rush. He doesn't know that. Hello. Ray, it's Jim Vicevich and Jane. Yo. Oh. Let me introduce here a second, Ray. Wait, wait, wait. Is this, is this Ray? Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. One second, Ray. I'm not, I thought I was ready, but now I'm not. Now I am ready. Now you're ready. Okay, then. Oh, boy. Our guest right now is Ray Dunaway, the morning, the stellar morning talk show. It's legendary, a legend in his own mind, in our mind yeah. as well. Is is now <laughs> joining us own. right now? Way too low. But not my own. Hey, hey, hey how you doing? Way Jamie? too low. Way too low. What's the yeah. other word? What are the other words? Bring it on. What? <laughs> With the airplane no, no, thing. No, no, no. <laughs> With the airplane oh. thing. Remember? Yes. Okay. Guy, never- by the way, the guy made that song a hit. I mean, basically, you know, yes, he did. absolutely. In fact, you know, my city was gone. the pretenders came out and said that it was Rush Limbaugh who made the song what it is. I think you're absolutely right, guys. I mean, if you're looking it up, it's called My you know, City like Was Gone by the Pretenders. Yes, it was about going back to Ohio and my city was gone. There was no train station. There was no downtown. Uh, that's, I guess, they're from Ohio, so. Ray, what was Rush like? You once told me that Rush was always afraid he was going to lose his job, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just a little backup. I mean, I I met him really when he was working for the Kansas City Royals, and he was doing group sales for them. And so we used to carry the Royals. We had the network. And so he'd do, I think once a week, he'd do a thing from the stadium, you know, talking to players and stuff like that. 
and he'd invite me over to the stadium club for uh, lunch every once in a while, maybe once a month, maybe every two weeks. And, you know, we were talking that he's a radio pig. He loves radio. And, you know, so he wanted to get back on more than anything. And so it turned out we had an opening in the afternoon for a news guy. Now there was a mistake, but I went into the, I went into the news director and I said, and there's a guy over at the Royals. He's pretty good. I mean, the other thought they did and they hired him, but he was a news host, news anchor. And that just didn't work. You know, it didn't work. And so he sat there and, and you know, so I picked my daughter up at daycare, like three fifteen, And at the station we used to do, it was, it was all news in the afternoon and the morning. And we do a headline set. And so, you know, that kind of set up what's coming up in the next 15 minutes. And he goes, yes, sir, Arafat, leave Beirut today with his <laughs> tail between his legs. You know, they go, whoa, that ain't working. <laughs> so Rush, was always a, Rush always had an opinion even when he was a news guy. Oh, yeah. So they said, well, this ain't going to work. But they did recognize his talent. So they basically took him over to the host part, which is where you can do stuff like that. And they brought another guy in to do news. Uh, we're losing you. Ray. Ray. And, you know, he'd get guests on. And I think he got George Will and he got a couple other people to guess. And, you know, he, he was pretty good. He's a very, very smart guy. But anyway, that, that's how it started. That's how I knew him. Uh, you know, and I can give you the rest of it if you want. But yeah, uh, absolutely. Ray actually is from Kansas City, and he worked there when Rush worked there. But I, right. I find it hard to believe that a guy as talented as Rush Limbaugh would ever be afraid for his job. People, I he think, would find that hard to believe too. He was very insecure. I mean, he'd call like he called me just about every night, and he'd want to go to Bennigan's or someplace and have a drink. You know, he'd say, "You know, well, they're going to get rid of me. They're going to get rid of me." Well, it turns out he was also calling the executive secretary at home and asking her the same thing. So, I mean, yeah, he just always was walking on the end. And I think part of that is just because he had been fired quite a few times for being Rush. Yeah, he was something else. He was something else. But uh, the, he was a good guy. Would tell us something about Rush that the average person listening right now might not know about him. Well, aside from the fact that I saw him in his underwear. Um, <laughs> well, I hope it was on his uh, bottom. I hope it Well, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, what they did was the company sent us out to San Francisco for the 84 Democratic Convention. And, you know, we were staying in a hotel called the Hotel Atherton, which was right next to the Farrell's, uh, what was it, was there, Castro Theater or something like that. It, it was a gay hotel. I mean, it definitely was. And so they put us up in one room because they were cheap sons of bitches. You and Rush. That's the best. Yeah, well, yeah, we, we're getting individual rooms. That ain't going to happen, you know. So, uh, yeah, we were saving money. And so, yeah, we're in the same room. But, I mean, I mean, of course, we had to get up like at 3.30 to go on the air Central Time. But, no, it was, I mean, I think the thing is, and we go over, and uh, he's from Missouri, as I think most of you know now. But we'd go over to the Drake Hotel, which is where I think the Missouri delegation was. And we'd go in there. They all knew him. I mean, they knew his dad, who was a staunch Republican. But he just ate that stuff up. He loved politics. And, you know, even he, he was very nice. And he always has been very nice to people to whom he is opposed. You know, figuring 
more, you'll probably get more uh, bees with honey than you will with vinegar or something like that. I, I, I perverted that saying, but nevertheless. Uh, but they know that's, that's the way it was. And so he talked to these guys and he loved the politics and he knew a lot of them. It was pretty cool, actually. And he loved the convention, just loved that thing. He did. Yeah. And but, did yeah. he always have a good sense of humor trying to make it I laugh? Think so. Like he did with his yeah, show? Yeah, I think so. Well, I think we're in the bar at the Atherton, okay? And it's, uh, you know, we, we had to go to bed pretty soon, but we're sitting there. I mean, let me just, the bar, was the, first of all, it's all guys. Number two, they had pictures of Judy Garland and Barbara Tyson. Oh, I mean, it's clearly what it is. You know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but he starts interviewing the guys at the bar. You know, he brought the tape machine down. He goes, so who are you for? Well, golly gee, what do you think? Probably <laughs> Bondale, don't you think? But he, and he, he talked to the cab driver, you know, as we're driving to the station. It was uh, it was pretty amazing. I mean, he, he talked to anybody, and he, he never, ever, you know, came up and became contentious. Just never did. So there was never a scene wherever, wherever he went. He didn't make a scene. So no. Why are you voting for a liberal? Liberal. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, he just he accepted that you did, and that's always the way it was. And, okay, I'll try and change your mind if I can, but I'm going to be very nice about it, and maybe that'll work. But, you know, and, and he was. He was very nice. This one guy he's talking to, you know, I'm a little bit down the bar, and he's talking to this guy, and, you know, you can tell he's not, <laughs> he's not agreeing with this guy, okay? He's trying to prove a point, whatever that may be. Now, you can have a problem with the larger <laughs> aspect of it. But it was kind of like, you know, well, all the gay guys are voting for Bondale. And the hell, they probably did, you know. Uh, I don't think there were many log cabin Republicans in there. So, you know, it was, it was a must. It really was. But no, he, he, he was a very talented guy. Uh, in fact, the guy that got him the job in Sacramento is a guy named Norm Woodruff, who was with us in San Francisco. And Norm was at one time a pretty influential consultant. And Norm was gay. I mean, totally gay, clearly so. And, you know, he got him the job in uh, in uh, Sacramento. So, you know, he owes a lot to Norm. So do I, for that matter. Um, and you, I think you're telling me the owners actually were the ones who took a flyer on him, right? I think what happened is he'd say, okay, so I think, Jim, I think we talked about this the other day. Yeah. But there's an area in Kansas city that's called uh, it's very much like blueback square. It's called the plaza, not the plaza. Oh, the, the plaza. plaza. <laughs> it's like, if you say, if you say salmon instead of salmon, I say salmon, yeah. I say salmon, salmon on purpose. <laughs> so, which is what I'm having for dinner tonight. As a matter of fact, but anyway, <laughs> uh, but he, uh, I was thinking of salmon Rushdie, you know, I was, I was really getting confused here, but yeah, anyway, but he used to do these little pieces on my show every day. And it was like at 625, I think we ran it. And, you know, it was a commentary. And so he'd do things on Michael Jackson and the Victory Tour. He'd do things. But anyway, so he's talking about the plaza. <laughs> unbeknownst, to many, unbeknownst to many people, after dark, it was, it was, I mean, you had things like Valley Shoes. You had Saks Fifth Avenue. You had every high-end store in the world was there. Uh but at night, it, it kind of changed. And so, because it's right on the edge of the ghetto. So, anyway. <laughs> ghetto. He had, so, you know, there are fights there all the time. So, he starts talking about it. 
And then, oh, man, J.C. Nichols, who was the developer of saying, uh, you know, the company went nuts. You know, that he's, he's saying, you know, Plaza's not the Plaza. They say Plaza because <laughs> they're coming over to kill your ass. But anyway, we're <laughs> over to kick you, white boy. Essentially, <laughs> essentially, it's one of those things where you don't want to go, anger your advertisers in radio. I, I learned that early on. Or TV, Jim, for that or matter. TV, right. Probably more so in radio, yeah. But especially you know, they, if there's time to really screw up in radio, making fun of an advertiser. Oh, God, kill yourself, why don't you? Uh, yeah, you, you know, uh, but, I mean, I had I worked with a guy in Dallas, and he was making fun of Sears, and the Sears guy called and said, we're canceling all our advertising. So he went over to the office with one of the sales guys, threw his Sears cars down, suit cars down, Sears card down and said, hey, you deserve this. I'll take it. But, you know, go ahead. Cut me off. The guy said, okay, we'll keep buying time. So, you know, he's, you know, pretty gutless that one. Gutsy that way. But, I mean, the whole thing was, yeah. And so Nichols got a hold of sales. And it was a fairly good contract. And I think that was part of the reason. They just said, he's not worth the trouble. And so it was sales, essentially. That said, you got to got to lose this guy. Got to lose him. So, got to lose Rush is what sales said. Yeah. Well, it's not like and they didn't was, say that about me when I was at WTIZ, right? No, they were very gutsy, don't you think? I thought so. Yeah, that was took real guts in order to keep me on taking but a show that had no listeners to thousands of people. Jimmy, you know this, you know, and I've noticed this since Rush is gone. People all the time he was alive. You had all these people who said, oh, he's a racist, he's hateful. He's not at all. No, but he wasn't. what? They never listened to him. <laughs> they never did. And, you know, same thing with you. The people who went, oh, I've heard from people that, you know, we got to stop advertising on your show. And, you know, the fact was, you know, these people never had listened to the show, ever. Absolutely. And I remember there was a company, a great advertiser for us, Serta Pro Painters, I loved them, and they came to yeah. me every time. They never, they they ignored everything that people said about me. They just knew that they I sold paint painting, but that people wanted wanted to be come on board with Serta Pro because of me. And WTIC oh. always stuck by me. They never once threatened me. No, I mean you've got to because if you listen to these clients, I mean it's, it's like media matters for America. You know, David, whatever his name is, what's what's his name? Uh, this oh, guy yeah. runs it. I don't know his twerp. name though, but you're right. Yeah, a little twerp with hair, and you know, started <laughs> out picking on Hillary, and I mean, he's just an absolute little twerp. Oh, I could get sued for this. Oh dear God! But anyway, what's his name? Uh, just saying, my humble opinion. Yeah, my humble opinion. Uh, what's the name of this guy? But I mean, he, he, you know, they just make up stuff, and so that's what a lot and of they get on the and left, they get away with it. Of course they do. Always. You know, they always have. They always it. will. That's what we were talking about today was the, uh, what's, what? what do you call that term? The block, um, what do you call it? What were we talking to Jess? The canceled uh, culture. Cancel culture. The canceled culture. Uh, the, the, I mean, they make up stuff all the time. We just I thought you wanted to say something else. Okay. <laughs> we just had Jazz Shaw on ahead of you and Jazz was oh, talking good. about the cancel culture. I mean, no, they're it, trying it, to take news. They're going after Newsmax, some Fox News now. You know, oh, they want, want them off. Yeah, they want AT and T. They want Comcast. They want every you know basically platform 
to basically drop them. You know, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of, may I ask? Well, the thing is, they're not afraid. They want to get rid of you. They're not afraid. And they will... No, but I mean... Oh, okay, that's fair enough, yeah. You know, but I mean, there's nothing that Fox... I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think Fox is a right-wing outfit. I just don't. (laughs) Not anymore. Mm -hmm. No, I think... Well, and I, I don't think they ever were. And I think, except maybe the talk shows at night, Tucker and some of those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tucker, by the way, went to Trinity, which is kind of weird. But anyway. Tucker went uh, where? That's a Trinity College. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either, but apparently he did. Um, you know, well, he wears bow ties quite a bit. So does George Will, who also went to Trinity. So how the hell they got out of there alive, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. It was no, but I mean, I don't think that Fox, at least during the news blocks, was right. But anything that doesn't into there, and this goes for Rush too, anything that didn't fit into their little world was was hate speech. I mean, that's that's who they are. And, and you know, Jane, you know from your time in lovely Czechoslovakia in the Czech, you realize just how. Absolutely horrible. These people. Nobody dared say anything. Ray, if you did, you could. We already discussed that you would accidentally jump off of the building, or you know, you would accidentally yeah. be hanging somewhere. You would yeah. accidentally be tortured. You know, all those. Yeah, it's, or accidentally it's a fact. lose it's, your head. Um, yeah, or something would happen to your family member. Yeah, accidents happen. You know. Well, there's a great movie I would recommend to all your listeners. And it's called The Lives of Others. And it's set, it's a Polish film, but it's set in East Germany. And, you know, it's basically the Stasi who's listening to everything. They're informers on every corner, you know, in every block. The Committee for the Defense of the Revolution in Cuba, same thing. These are rats, you know. And so for preferential treatment and maybe a little cookie, they'll say, yeah, okay, I got to turn them in to Stasi because I'm going to get prizes and shit. Oh, pardon me, and stuff. <laughs> but I've heard, well, we are on the internet, so come on. Uh, <laughs> but no, right? Can like, I? Can I just? What? We just. What did we just watch? Was that was a movie just recently made about World War II, um, about Nazis? But let me tell you, I am part German, and I have other parts of other world in me. I am part uh, Ukrainian, so you know what? I can hate everybody in the world equally, but they're pissing yeah. me off with all this. BS with blaming the Germans for everything because there's Russians were behind most of the stuff. Both my well, grand- let's let's look to the east then, shall we? Sh- oh, we should absolutely. A guy named ooh, Stalin was that his name? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Steel, by the way. He, he murdered. He murdered both of my great grandfathers. Stalin did one, or Lenin? One, Stalin, one Polish and one uh, Ukrainian. Both of them were murdered by Stalin. So go but, ahead. But, but, but I thought it was only the Nazis. That's that's my point. That, that's why I get pissed off with this Hollywood BS where they just go after the Nazis because we have the Italians, may I say, the uh, fascists. Um, do you want to go after other nations where they just... They just slaughtered people mercilessly. Ray, I have to get yeah. you a copy. Have you read Jane's book yet? I'll get, I'll get you an no, autograph. send me a copy, would you yeah, please? Absolutely, an, an autograph copy. I know, I know the author, Ray. Well, <laughs> I would hope. <laughs> 
could be my fervent hope that you do. He's awful. Since, since you are married, I mean, like, you know, I'm thinking. Oh yeah, you've been no, to I, the wedding, right? <laughs> that's yeah, there. right. It was it was beautiful, by the way, man. Oh, add. thank but, you. No, that was great. That was that was just almost a perfect evening, if not perfect. <laughs> But, everybody you know. who was any, anybody who was anybody was at that wedding. Oh too. yeah! By the way, before I forget, you had Dennis House uh, on your program for a while. Yeah, he was co-hosting for a little bit. How was yeah. that? It was fine. I, I like him. He's Look, such a he, nice guy. Not, he is a very nice guy, but he's more comfortable doing news, and so now he's back to doing that for Channel Eight. Yeah, and I'm happy for I've him. I've seen so, him. Yeah, me too. I I was. You know, uh, I, mean, I didn't like him being not being there. No, I didn't like it either. But, but Brian's great. I love that guy. That's working with me now. So, and he doesn't have TV syndrome. Which I mean, I mean, I think honestly, I think Dennis always wanted to go back to TV, and you know that's what he does, and he does it well. So right. good, he's doing what he, he should be doing. Well, I mean, the other thing that scares me mm. is the whole idea with this COVID stuff. Ugh. It's like all the rats out there. You know, we've got a thing in the station that says, "Hey, if you see any violations." of the rules, call 211, you know, and so you've got all these, no, I mean, there are people that are using this to screw other people over, and this is really dangerous, you know, I I think de Blasio, that fool in New York, uh, he'll never die, he'll be there forever, don't worry about it. No, he, everybody dies at some point, unfortunately, (laughs) some people not not soon enough. Ray, have you heard this soundbite from Joe Scarborough? We need to make sure that the center of American democracy uh, is never, uh, never uh, as compromised as it was on January the 6th. I know there are idiots on other cable news channels. Listen to this. Wait a second. Listen, the best part is coming right. up. Or was vandalized uh, during the summer riots. And that's just as bad as the United States Capitol being vandalized. No, no, actually, no, no jackass. It's not. <laughs> the capital of the United States of America is the center of American democracy. And while I am a fierce well, believer in people's right to defend their private property, I'm not going to confuse a taco stand with the United States Capitol. A taco stand, Ray. Uh, a you, taco stand. You're going to give him diarrhea. These businesses. Gonna, <laughs> it's holy land. It's holy land, guys. You know, no, it's not. It's the Capitol. People, you know, Harry Reid famously was told they put in a new Capitol Visitor Center. And Harry Reid said, yeah, that was much better than that little girly voice of his. By the way, somebody give testosterone injections, please. But anyway, he used to be a boxer. I don't know what happened. He must have gotten hit below the belt a little too much, but okay. But anyway, um, but he's going, oh, and you could walk out and you could smell the tourists. Oh, yeah. They're on our side, okay. Uh, And they're going to name the airport in Vegas after him. How stupid is that? Oh, by the way, by the way, we had discussion about Mika's name. It would be Micah. In Polish, um, I changed. I know oh, I changed right, my name. Father's Polish, I, right? Well, I changed my name from Jana to Jane because I wanted to be American. But um, can you change it a little bit more American? What kind of a name is Mika? <sighs> so it's, it's actually Micah. It Jane. It's Micah. It's Micah. Yeah, it's Micah. 
She apparently decided not to call herself Micah. <laughs> See, she thought Mika was a better stage name, I guess, Ray. Uh, yeah. Do you know who my father is? Because that's the only reason I'm working here. Is your uh, is your father? Oh, I mean no, her, father. her oh, father. I know her father was Zignu. working. Was How he... do you pronounce that? Zignu? Um, Zignu. So what, what do you pronounce? Zignev. Zignev. First God, name. You're good. You must have dealt with this before. <laughs> Zbigniew, what's his last name? I'll pronounce it for uh, you. Brzezinski. Uh, Brzezinski, yeah. Brzezinski. Zbigniew Brzezinski. I'm sorry? Well, all you kids out there, you're learning how to pronounce things the correct way. This is good. <laughs> well, I was told by my um, colleague over here how to pronounce things to make sure that I pronounce them correctly, correctly so I do. How many languages do you understand, Jane? You, uh, you understand and speak Croatian, and you understand and speak uh, German, correct? No. Good God. A little no. bit. And Russian. A little bit. That's some Russian. You got to be Russian. That was a necessity. That was shoved down my throat since I was a kid. Ray, you, you betcha. You know they what? They forced her to speak Russian. When I, when I was writing my book... Um, <laughs> my parents told me uh, stories that I've forgotten about. I was um, um, with my grandmothers and my grandfather. We were harvesting uh, grass for animals. And I, I was five years old. And I yeah. looked at the grass and I said, Grandma, aren't we lucky? And she said, yes, we are. What do you mean? I said, well, if it was not for Sodruch, which is Tavares Chlenin, we would still be eating grass roots. <laughs> uh. My grandmother, my grandmother, the, the, the half Polak and half German stepped in and she started teaching me <laughs> what it was about. And I embarrassed my parents a couple more times. We had um, certain things where we had to recite um, poems or uh, sing songs. Um, around Christmas time, and I, yeah. I stood up and I started screaming something in, in Russian, and everybody was just, uh, yeah. I would have been, I, I was being indoctrined. I would have been such a commie. I would have been the biggest commie in the world if they didn't swing me the right way. Well, if you, if you okay, you didn't have Santa Claus then. It was uh, Grandfather Frost. Uh, that's Russian. No, we had uh, we had Yezhishek, which is baby Jesus, and we had oh good, and oh we, my god, yeah, and we had um, Chert Angel, um, it was a devil angel, and um, what was the third one? There was usually two of them, anyways. Uh, the the devil would come in, and if you were not a good kid. He would take you into hell, and if you oh, were a God. good kid, the nice. angel would reward you. Yeah, we were crawling underneath beds. We were scared shitless. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thanks, I, I you guys you are really that. hitting me tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, you have to edit this stuff. But anyway, no, we don't edit. Right. It's internet. No, but I send you the. Yeah, that's uh, what I mean. I send you the um, the uh, airplane stuff. I wanted to, um, you know, when we used to, when I used to go help Jim at the studio. Um, just health-wise, and um, yeah. you and I used to shoot the shit. I said it again. Yeah. And the, um, what was that? The, the, <laughs> the airplane stuff, way too low. Holy fuck. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know what Channel I'm two. Channel <laughs> 2 has learned the names of the crew members. Just... Uh, let's see. It was like, we too low. Holy, no, wait a minute. Uh, we too low. Something wrong. <laughs> Bing, bang, ow. Like and this woman put it on the air because that's who you have on TV nowadays. Read yep. the prompter, baby. 
The, Absolutely. That was fun. But we used to drive Jim crazy. You remember how he used to yell at me? <laughs> it was funny. I mean, you, I mean, this really happened. If you guys are listening and go to YouTube, you'll find it. That was ATM. I know. I just, I just sent it to Jim, and I don't know if he can find it. It's on uh, Facebook. We do low. Oh, holy. I, I can play it, but you, you won't hear it. <laughs> something wrong. <laughs> that was it. Something wrong. Way something too long. Wrong. We too low. <laughs> and the oh. holy, holy over there. Fook. Fook. Yeah, holy fook. <laughs> she, she said fook, I believe it was. She didn't know me after you say. And then she said, oh, bing, dang, ow, or something like that. <laughs> it, but it was funny. I mean, it was so well It was done. hysterical. Stuff like that is absolutely hysterical. Maybe the funniest thing I've ever seen. Truly, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, Lily, back off. Oh, poor Lily. Lily. She wants to go potty. Gonna... Well, she probably, I should probably throw her on the deck. But <laughs> okay. no, all right, Lily, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. She's starting to go husky on me. I can't get her to do it when I'm on the air, except with you, Jim. There's a gift. There. All right, come on. Come on, genius. Come on. Let's go. All right, Ray, we're going to let you go. I miss you. One of the recommendations, listeners, is uh, I was talking about Lives of Others, which is a good movie. Lives of but Others. But there's also one. Well, there's another one called uh, Citizen Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones. And it's about this guy from Wales who reported for one of the British papers. I can't remember. So he wanted to interview uh, Stalin. So he went over to, you know, to Russia. And he's in Moscow. And he's invited to a party by Walter Durante from the New York Times, who was an absolute creep. Uh. And he's, he's the one who used to write, like, the little notes in the, Was- in the New York Times, the most trusted name in this thing. And it was like... You know, oh, there's nothing here. Everybody's fine. So this guy said, I'm going to go find out. My God, a real reporter. And so he goes over to Ukraine. And you know, all of a sudden, you know, here they are. They're, you know, they're starving people. They're stacking bodies. There's cannibalism. There all was this, not, get, and it was not reported here. That was, uh, that no, was before because, World War II, right? Because, yes, because the holy New York Times, you know, Durante, their man on the scene, who was an absolute twink. They were not uh, reporting they were not reporting on a Holocaust over here either. Oh well, uh, you know what? You're right. And so anyway, yeah, yeah, but I mean eventually I, I don't know, any he went home to Wales and somebody I guess apparently did publish it. But I mean it's it's really sad what was going on there. And oh by the way, you want to know who was in charge of Ukraine at that particular time for his buddy Stalin? Ray, I have to move on to get to Don Pesci real fast. Okay. Uh, basically, it was Nikita Khrushchev. Oh. Keep that in mind. Oh, yeah. Because well. <laughs> he was Ukrainian. He understood the people. Yeah, he was a sweetheart. Ray Dalloway, right. weekend. Mor- Ray. I'm sorry, morning man, every Monday through again. Friday. That would be we'll great. WTIC 10 and I'd love to get, I'll get you a copy of her book so you can read Please. it and you can re- re- review it. All right, I will. And thank you very much for that, Jane. Good to talk to you. Right. Or Jana. Thank My you. Sister, thank you. And it's Yana. Thank you so much. It's Yana. That's why I changed it, because people called me Jana, and it's Yana. Well, And oh, I know your sister's oh, name is Yana. Okay. Ray, get well, ready Yana. to take a bow. <laughs> uh, all right, go, guys. Get, get Donna, okay? 
Yep, let's get Don on now. Okay, miss you. Right, bye, kids. Bye. Thanks, Ray. Bye. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> uh, let's go to, um, how do we get to Don? Um, Can you type Don in? It'll come right up. Do you type Don here? I am typing it On Don. this phone. Yeah, but I don't think you have it in right. I do if you just type it in, please. Just the first name, just Don. Which one? I don't think you have it in right. Every single time, it's misdialed. It's home. Go ahead. Give it a shot. Been forwarded to an automated voice messaging. Okay, is it over there? It's the top number. Is that right? Well, it looks like it. Yep. You come up and says it. We're late getting in touch with them. So I know he might have left. Might have left or already. something else. But um, I hopefully he didn't. What? Hopefully he didn't leave yet. It's one of maybe my. He doesn't know the number. Maybe. No, he knows the number. He's probably gone somewhere. Yeah, he left. We're like almost 30 minutes past our due time. Uh, way past. Um, but that was fun interview. It was um, a fun interview anyway, having Ray on that long. I feel like talking about Pete Schwetty's balls right now. Well, do you once I, do... I wanted to get into this. Did you, did the you... cancel culture is actually going after the Muppets, believe it or not. Oh, we forgot about that. Manamana. Manamana. So I think we have to give up on Don. Call him on my line, see if he'll answer here. And we'll call him back. Interview. <laughs> Some young gay guy. Yeah, leave this. Yeah, they're going thinking. after Disney is putting up trigger warnings in front of all the Muppet shows. Well, do you remember the guy was talking about Milo? Um, Milo, how do you pronounce it? Yiannopoulos? Yiannopoulos, yep. Um, he got kicked out of uh, just pushing their buttons. <laughs> he was pushing their buttons on, pur- on purpose. Okay, I guess Don is moved on. I don't blame him. We're 30 minutes past, now almost an hour past what we were supposed to call him. What time did you tell him you were going to call him? Four, 4.30. Well. We went way over with Ray. doing something else. He is probably. It's nice outside. Okay. Sorry about that. We'll get him on our next show. Hopefully. Hopefully, yep. Um, well, somebody else give us a call. Oh, there he there's is. Don. 
Don? Don? Don, are you there? No, he's not. It's he ring- just called me back. It's ringing. That's his wife. Hello? Andre? Andre is Don there. It's Jim Weisswich calling. Yes. He's- are you on, Don? Don, we're out to call you on the other line. I just was doing anything I could to get you. If can it's you, okay. Can we call you, please? Can we, can we interview you on the cancel culture? No, we're going to call you on our interview line. Stay right there. Don't go away. I have to hang up here. Then we'll call you back. Do you have his number ready to go? He wants to know what you want to talk about. Oh, we're going to talk about the cancel culture, Don. Okay, very good. We're yep. even going after the Muppets, Don. All right. Okay. Give us two seconds. Give us two seconds, Tom. We'll be right there. Which number did you... Call this one. Okay. Six, four, five. This is live radio. This is what happens when you do live radio. This is the excitement of live. When you don't have a producer. He's busy. He didn't hang up yet. Oh, there it is. That ain't like a Lancer right Hello. now. Don, Jim Vicevich and Jane Vicevich. Our apologies for being late. Our apologies from that. No, no problem. If there's some, I was here, it's no, no big deal. Anyway, Don, I want to play this for you. Because I can't believe that even Walt Disney has been affected by the cancel culture. They're actually putting up trigger warnings before any of the Muppet shows. Menomina. 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 Breaking the law. I own that name. Hey, guys. You can't get any any friendlier than the Muppets, but even they are falling prey to the cancel culture. Yeah, I know. uh, Just, uh, yeah, you have a whole bunch of people uh, across the United States who've bought into... uh, uselessness of history and they just want to abolish it because the only thing that's standing in the way of uh, accomplishing their silly utopias is history. Um, they, they just don't want to learn from it. Uh, it's, a, it's just a useless device to them, so throw it on the ash heap of history. We're talking with conservative columnist in Connecticut, Don Pesci, in RadioAdviceOnline.com contributor. You can find almost all of his columns at RadioAdviceOnline.com. Don, thank you for joining us. Don, your feeling about this? I don't know if you've heard this soundbite from Joe Scarborough from just a little while ago. Here's what he had to to say. need to make sure that the center of American democracy uh, is never, uh, never uh, as compromised as it was on January the 6th. I know there are idiots on other cable news channels that will will say, well, you know, this mom and pop store was vandalized during the summer riots, and that's just as bad as the United States Capitol being vandalized. No, no, actually, no, no jackass, it's not. You know, the only the jackass around here is him. Of America is the center of American democracy. By the way, I want to play one of those. Listen to this. And while I am a fierce believer in people's right to defend their private property, I'm not going to confuse a taco stand 
with the United States Capitol. You don't Attack even know where stand. your pants are, you let me Let me uh, play this for you. This is from Channel 7 in Chicago after one of the Black Lives Matter protests. Or it might have been Antifa. A, a tale of two very different situations here. We just had a, a completely peaceful protest uh, walk right by this area where uh, a business. This is Channel 7 in Chicago. And the owners were attacked yesterday, uh, actually over the weekend, when they were trying to come back and clean up. They saw on their surveillance video right here this Orange Theory Fitness. You see all the windows have been broken into and, and boarded up at this point. But they saw here on their surveillance video people coming in and looting. They wanted to come out and help and show support for those who are peaceful protesters, and that's when they say they were attacked. You can see in the surveillance video windows being... So he calls this a taco stand. This is a a workout place that these people owned. This is how they made a living and employed people. Joe Scarborough calls it a taco stand. He's a fool. People's business it is to... uh, yeah, to use utilize uh, words in a uh, constructive and illuminating manner, they have to be have to worry sometimes about their superlatives. Like the attack on the on the Capitol was terrible; it was awful. But to say you know there there never has been anything like it is historical is historical bunk. During the Truman administration, people opened fire from the gallery. On the on U.S. Uh, senators and U.S. congressmen, uh, the Civil War was a was a greater uh, affront to democracy than anything that happened on January what was it January nine or sixth yeah sixth January sixth. So Joe is one a of jackass. the beneficiaries. <laughs> he's one of he's one of the beneficiaries of the cancel culture. He's already canceled out history in his own mind because he wants to reach for the superlative stars and say that nothing in the world is as bad as Donald Trump. That's bunk. That's absolute bunk. Trump was a, was a beneficial president in many respects. Right now, you have an abundance of vaccine owing solely to Trump. But listen, but listen to the CNN town hall with right, Joe Biden. He cut the listen to tape. Joe Biden. Biden creating some controversy during a town hall last night. Biden taking heat over this claim about the Trump administration and the vaccine. The biggest thing, though, as you remember, when you and I, t- no, I shouldn't say it that way, as you remember, but when you and I talked last, we talked about it's one thing that the vaccine, which we didn't have when we came into office, but a vaccinator. How do you get the vaccine into someone's arm? So you need the paraffin, you need the needle, you need the mechanisms to be able to get it in. You have to have people. It's who- just dumber than a sack of rocks. You have to, yeah. have, you have, yeah. to have a way to get it into people's arms. He's an idiot. Yeah. Now, you know something, John, I have to tell you, uh, <coughs> to the extent that, uh, that uh, vaccination has failed, it's failed because, uh, because uh, governments of one sort or another have inserted themselves between the arm and the vaccine. The red and, tape, the red tape. Yeah, right. it's all red tape. The whole thing is red tape right now. Uh, 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 you you have a situation. Well, you had a, you have a situation in Connecticut for a long time, 
where the, where the actual vaccine has been available. It's, it's been available. But the distribution is the problem. The distribution has been a problem. Now, to give him credit, <coughs> Governor Lamont understand, understood that at some point, there's a tipping point uh, in this whole process. And at some point, uh, uh, people are, are going to be uh, well enough <laughs> to be able to carry on in a normal uh, manner. So uh, this is uh, this is very important as people develop herd immunity from both the vaccine and from exposure from exposure to the virus. That's what herd immunity does. It it, it excites the antibodies that we all carry around with us in our bodies. Well, some and of us except me. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that that happens to be that happens to be true. But the, the thing is going to disappear. So there's a tipping point. And at some point, we have to become concerned, especially here in Connecticut, with the ravaging, the ravaging that has occurred because governors, not coronavirus, but governors, have restricted, have, have imposed crippling restrictions on businesses. You know, whenever I hear, uh, whenever I hear the, our problems, you know, our problems with the, with the budget uh, deficits, with uh, with uh, businesses that are fleeing the state, with all this stuff being attributed to coronavirus, I want to scream: Coronavirus hasn't hasn't issued one single regulation that slowed down business. All this stuff was done by people. It was done by the people we elect to represent us. And if we don't like the results of what they've done, we ought to stop blaming coronavirus and vote the suckers out of office. Well, um, Don, you have people like um, people in, uh, is it Michigan? The teacher unions are restricting the teachers from going back to school. Um, They love power. They just love power. That's all it is. And they are going to keep using it. And I don't know where they think they're going to end up if they're going to erase this population and erase all the money from all the businesses that they're shutting down. Where are they going to end up? And Don, the Democrats are trying to shut down Newsmax and shut down One America News and Fox News by pressuring the cable operators to drop them, stop carrying them. In other words, pressure Cox and Comcast to drop news back the max and to drop Fox News. This yeah, well, is how far know, the cancel it, culture has come. I never let a crisis go to waste. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, it was uh, uh, Obama's, one of Obama's uh, bootlickers who said that. He later became uh, mayor of uh, mayor of Chicago. Yep. Uh, so you know, this is just ordinary politics. Um, the ordinary ordinary politics involves identifying a problem, hanging the problem uh, around the necks of, uh, of people who really are not responsible for it. Uh, all Republicans, Newsmax, uh, Fox News, all the rest of the stuff. You know, it's as if we live. It's as if we're living in China now. China recently has closed down <clears throat> alternative voices in Hong Kong. Uh, that wasn't supposed to happen until 
1932 or so. Uh, but they, 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 you know, they jumped the gun and they're uh, closing down all opposition in, in uh, Hong Kong uh, because they want to absorb Hong Kong. They, 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 they just can't, they can't imagine a future in which a tiny communist party that represents, uh, you know, zero 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 point zero seven percent of the population of China is making all the important decisions in that country. And the Democrats are jealous. They're jealous of this kind of stuff. Uh, they're jealous of it. Uh, they, they wish they were Z. You know, if they were Z, they, they, they could, with a single swipe of the hand, get rid of the Republican Party, uh, uh, readjust, uh, readjust uh, uh, communications in the United States so that never, uh, so that never a, a, a bad word will be said about... Uh, oh, I about see what you mean. So it's not just... It's yeah, not the fact know, that they have every, every other piece of media. They have to make sure that nobody out there can say anything bad about them. That's right. Yeah, but That's they forget right. that people That's have memories. That's why it wasn't communism, people though, wasn't memory. it, Jay? People have memories. And even if you want to burn books, people still hide the books, and people pass um, information on. Um, but how was it in communist check? Well, just, Same thing, right? Yeah. You couldn't hear opposing views, could you? No, you couldn't. But it was getting milder before I left. It was getting milder. I was born in 1968. Thank you for giving out my age. So what's um, the difference between what's going on here, what happened under communism? This is, becoming, this is becoming more evil. This is becoming more sinister. Okay, let me use the word. It's becoming, becoming sinister. Um, they're getting hungry for power. They want power. That's all they want. They don't... I'm sorry, Don. Go ahead. No, Jane, you, you, you're absolutely right, and you don't know how common uh, that that kind of uh, view of things is among immigrants, uh, among people who come who came out of hell. You know, not with empty hands. They came out of hell uh, 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 to escape it. Uh, came here to the United States, and all of a sudden they're looking around and they're seeing the same uh, kind of uh, kind of historical events that they fled from uh, occurring uh, here in the United States now, and it's very, very distressing to them. Do you know, I, you know, I, do you know Don, that's why Don wrote in his review of your book that your book is a necessary book of our time right now. Do you now. know the sad part that there is? That you have people that came here with nothing to escape the, the um, evil, and their children are turning socialists and commies. They're, they're kids. How did they not teach them is beyond me because I, I don't know what I would do to my kids if they if they believe what their teacher teachers are telling them. I, I just um, I've been on them just like my grandmother has been on me um, because you can you can impress young minds so easily and so quickly. And they are just because they are in um, teaching, uh, teaching. Um, what do you call it? Um, I'm just losing my mind right now because Propaganda. they're teachers. They are the um, authority over these kids, and they believe everything. Right. Uh, Sam. Yeah. Sam just put a comment up. This is something you can comment on. Comment on, uh, Don. She. Sam just yeah. said uh, the teachers aren't teaching, but we still have to pay our taxes. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
this is this is this is really unusual in uh, in a uh, market uh, in a you know a reasonable market system where we're paying people not to work. Uh, it's just it's just absolutely amazing. You know, I went to breakfast. Uh, you still can go out to breakfast in Connecticut. Uh, uh, various places. So I, there's a diner over in East Harford that has great sausages. I went there and uh, I was I was uh, eating and and listening with half an ear to uh, to a woman who was talking to her husband, and she was saying all the same things that Jane is saying. You know, she was saying all these things. So when I finished, I went over to her table and I said, you know, I I just I I, I listened to I was listening to every word you said. You know, she was surprised, <laughs> and I said. I hope you're. I hope you, you're planning to run for mayor of East Hartford at some point. Said, oh no, no, no! Please, no! But this <laughs> woman came from Portugal. Okay, she was an immigrant from Portugal. Her husband came from Italy. He was an immigrant from Italy. So I had this conversation with him, and what they said was that the thing that Americans lack. The thing that's missing in the in this grand puzzle is gratitude. That's the thing that's really missing. You this mean you said, mean the entitlement that we have here? I'm entitled to yeah, whatever is it, coming to me because we have the coronavirus, and I just found out I'm entitled to this and that. You hear these commercials, and don't forget we are all in this together. That's right. That's gratitude a communist is, phrase, by the way, Don. Jane told me that we're all in this together is something you'd hear in, under communism. Yeah. Well, we all have to pull together to meet the goals of the five-year plan. Yeah, yeah the five-year plan. We're all in Stalin's this together. Like, Stalin was a mass murderer. You know what he said about his own mass murder? He said that the death of one person is a tragedy, but the death of 100,000 people is a statistic. This is Stalin. This is the way he thought about things. Well, you your know? grandfather was one of them. They right, were. Jane? They were all just. Uh, they were just all crazy. They were nuts. Every single yep. one of them. All everybody. Do you know sinister? What sinister means? I looked it up. Sinister is left. Um, yep. It's a left. <laughs> so anything. When they talk about sinister, give me a break. And they were all dogs and disgusting people. They were all bad. If you look at the history, uh, they were just. Horrible. Lenin had uh, a wife. He was abusive to his sister. He had at least two mit mistresses at the same time, all the time. Um, all yep. these people are just, they're just nuts. Yeah. Not only are they nuts, they're power hungry nuts. Right. Uh, which, make, which makes the whole thing worse. Uh, you know, they're not doing things uh, to benefit other people, uh, they're doing things in order simply to accumulate power uh, so that they can rule over in an undemocratic way. You want to uh, call it the God syndrome? Yeah, over Let me push Don's latest column here. Don, where can the people find your latest column? What's it on? Oh, um, that's it. it's called Blumenthal. I'm on Blumenthal again because <clears throat> Blumenthal was, uh, was uh, uh, recently uh, became a chair uh, became chair of um, of a uh, committee that oversees uh, that oversees uh, 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 you know complaint uh, business complaints, and uh, this is something that <clears throat> this is something that he's uh, been used to uh, during his twenty years 
uh, as uh, attorney general, he turned the, turned a very sleepy office uh, of, a, of a, you know, a relatively reasonable number of uh, lawyers into a consumer protection racket. And uh, now, uh, during his uh, during his oversight of uh, the AG's office, uh, it grew uh, enormously. There's uh, about 240 lawyers there. Uh, now it's of course it's it one of the most yeah it's one of the biggest law firms in uh, really law firms in the state. So there was a uh, he's uh, he's now heading the Senate Consumer Protection Committee, and uh, he's uh, you know he said uh, uh, he said uh, just uh, uh, recently that uh, you know the exciting uh, I'm, I'm quoting him he said the exciting part of this new responsibility is, uh, in fact, a threat of subjects that we can go after. You know? uh, he's done this before. And I looked up uh, a couple of cases that uh, his office had uh, handled. Uh, one of them was uh, a woman in East Hartford from whom I bought a computer. Uh, uh, and uh, she was a small fry uh, 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 entrepreneur, and uh, he absolutely, positively destroyed her and her business through very tendentious uh, and untrue uh, media releases. Uh, so uh, he started doing that uh, one, as soon as he, uh, re, you know, put out these false, uh, basically false media releases. Um, other people began to complain about this business. Because they were going to get something from uh, Blumenthal was going to sack the business and, and distribute uh, some of the proceeds uh, to anyone who complained. Uh, so this is his. Uh, this was his modus operandi uh, as uh, Attorney General for about twenty years. I, I wrote uh, in Connecticut Commentary. You can look up uh, this case. The case I'm talking about not now. Her her name was Gina Malapanis, and she ran a Computer Plus Center. Uh, over in uh, over in uh, East East Hartford. So initially, Blumenthal was seeking 1.7 million dollars from her in reimbursement and penalties. Okay, so and then he was using the state's media to soften his target. Uh, so his op- his uh, op- modus operandi was to overcharge uh, his targets. You know, keep up the charges and then reduce the overcharges uh, uh, later on. In return for uh, in return for some deal that he made with his uh, with his victims, she countersued him. She count- a lot of people believe that uh, believe that uh, you know you can't countersue uh, Don, the attorney. Don, I'm sorry true. that we called you so late, but unfortunately we have to wrap this up. We went way over, but we'd only do it for somebody like you. Okay, Don Pesci, okay. RadioViceOnline.com contributor. Plus a columnist here, a conservative columnist. Yes, we have one in Connecticut. The official conservative columnist of Connecticut, Don Pesci. You can find him at donpesci.blogspot.com. Red notes from Blue State. Take a bow, Don. Don, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon, hopefully. Don, thank you so much. Okay, very nice talking. Very nice talking to you, too. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Yep. Okay, bye. Don, our best to Andre, too.
Okay. Hey, thank you, everybody. I won't back down. You can stand me up at the gate. And we won't back down. We'll always stand for a smaller, leaner, less intrusive government. Less intrusive meaning just that. Stop intruding into our lives and stop intruding into our pocketbooks as well. Stop you. Thank stop you. all of that. Thank you everybody for watching. Thank you everybody for watching this tonight.